Welcome to Tour of Truth with Krista and Company. I am delighted to introduce Karina Samioa. Karina is a longtime friend of mine and, and honestly even a spiritual mentor. Have we known each other, what, 16 years, maybe even longer than that? Around that time, yes, yes. <laughs> Back when we were having our children and starting our families. And so yes. you always brought such wisdom into my life. I've always been thankful that God planted you in my life. I am so excited to be here with you. We've always had great spiritual conversations. And so I'm excited about today. Let's start with prayer so that we can invite the Holy Spirit to just guide this time together. Absolutely. Father, we just praise you for today. We praise you for your new mercies because they're new every single morning. Thank you so much for this time with Krista and for this time that we can have in your word to seek truth and to see what you have to say. Father, I just pray that your Holy Spirit will be with us during this time and that he will reveal the truth to the hearers and even to us. Direct us and show us what you want us to know today. And we praise you and we thank you for what you're going to show us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we were talking before we got started and you shared a little bit about what the Lord has put on your heart. And what I've always loved about our friendship is just how we contrast one another beautifully sometimes. It's a great representation of how God uses everyone in the body of Christ with their own abilities or giftings or for his purposes. And and it's different sometimes. I feel like for me, I have a sense of discernment in the word where I will come with what I see happening, like with the problem. Mm -hmm. And whenever you and I talk, I've always loved how the challenge you've given me and the feedback that's helped me to grow is that you've always brought me into that place of, okay, so what do we do about that? What are the action steps? Yes. Yes. Because I'm like, Lord, okay, so what do I do now with this truth? I want to study the word and I also want to be a doer of the word. And so what do I do with this truth and with this, what your Holy Spirit is convicting me about? So with that said, I'm going to go ahead and get us started with the problem. Yes. (laughs) Yes, we need the problem. And hopefully the Lord has spoken to you with the solution. And we'll go there as well. One of the things that's really been heavy on my heart has been focused on the body of Christ in that we can drift away from Mm -hmm. our first love. You know, when we're new Christians, often we're excited about the word and we're excited about our relationship with God. And then the world gets in and chokes that out or things happen and they Mm -hmm. discourage us. And I know you're going to talk about some of that. Psalms 1 says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bring forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. It's quite possible to spend our entire lives knowing about the truths in God's word, always learning, but never actually experiencing them. We can't really trust the world for guidance when it comes to spiritual things. If we seek advice from ungodly people, we'll find ourselves moving away from the direction of God's word and his commands. If all of our friends and our companions are people that have no interest in God, that leads us away from him and everything around us is kind of, it's a pagan culture vying for us to adopt the principles of the world. And the thing is, is that will pull our mindset away from the things of God. It's a slow fade. And so- Yeah, I, and we descent, we get desensitized to sin. Exactly. And so- we we don't even know sometimes that we're in the middle of this or we're Mm -hmm. being lulled. Yes, I agree with you. And that's why surrounding ourselves with a strong community of believers, 
that are going to encourage us and right. notice things in our lives and point us back to scripture, point us back to the Lord. Right. And the Bible says, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. We should not find our encouragement in the opinions of others, but in the word of God, because our consciences, they can be seared. If we want to believe lies, if we just willfully choose to ignore the spirit when we sense him in our hearts, nudging us and telling us to get away from something or to go to the word and find out if that's true. And we just ignore and ignore and we want to believe a lie. The Bible says that the Lord will literally, it says he will turn them over to a depraved mind, which is a horrible thing to think about that that could actually happen. It's really important that we just stay open with a heart that's humble before the Lord that is truly seeking. What does God say about these things? You know, because our world is just vying to bring us in the opposite direction. I think I'm harping on this point, Karina, because there are many people in the church not sensitive to what is happening. They're maybe not asking the Holy Spirit to reveal to them if there's any wickedness in them or if there's anything that they need to repent of. So they don't actually realize because they're not in the word and in that relationship with the Lord abiding in him. And in some ways it can be very deceptive and it's dangerous. In the book of Revelations, we find that John was given a vision. And in that vision, it was from the Lord and it was to produce a letter for the seven churches. These letters to the churches were identified in very specific ways. And it's interesting because Jesus, and this is after he had ascended, he wrote this letter to seven churches. And he talked about the persecuted church and the faithful church. And to those churches, you know, he had things to say, but they were more along the lines of endure. Persevere, yes. Yes, hold fast to what you have. And he was encouraging of those churches. But he had some interesting things to say to the other five. Just to point a couple of those out, let's start with the loveless church. Jesus had this to say. He said, I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not and found them to be false. I know you're enduring patiently and bearing for my name's sake, and you've not grown weary. And so that's all great, right? We would think, oh, you're doing pretty good, (laughs) you know, and you believe, and isn't that all it takes? Isn't that what we think? But he says this, he says, but I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works that you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. And then next, we've got a corrupt church. And he says this in Revelations 2.22, I will throw you into great tribulation unless they repent of her works. The dead church. He says, I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your works complete in the sight of God. Isn't that interesting? Yes. I have not found your works complete. Because then we've got that whole argument, which we won't even go there today, that some people say we don't have to do anything, right? We just have to believe. So he just said, I have not found your works complete in the sight of God. Remember then what you received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. Then he talks to the lukewarm church and he says, I know your works. You are neither hot nor cold. I would prefer that you'd be hot or cold. So because you're lukewarm and neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Those whom I love, I reprove and I discipline. So be zealous and repent. And then we have the compromising church. You hold fast to my name and you did not deny my faith. So they believe, but he says you hold false teachings and you commit sexual immorality, therefore repent. This is a big deal. Don't you agree? I mean, it's this is yes. Jesus speaking to the churches. These are people, obviously they're believers, and he's saying, repent. 
So often in our culture, and even in our Christian culture, there's many that believe there's no real need for repentance continually. Some people believe they repented when they were saved, and that took care of it. But the Bible says all throughout it, and especially, you know, in this important chapter, speaking of end times, Jesus is saying, repent. Yes, and and the big thing is Jesus died for all of our sin, our past, present, and future sin. Mm -hmm. But for us to have intimacy with God and to walk with God and to hear the Holy Spirit and His guidance, we have to have a clean heart. In the Psalms, David said, search me, O God, and know my heart Mm -hmm. and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Like He was telling the Lord, you know, show me. And that's what we're going to get into today. Because the big question that God has placed in my heart, especially after hearing what you just read from Revelation, is instead of just thinking of the church as a whole, now think about it for you as a person. Exactly. As a person. Right. Which one of these categories would you fall into? Yes. And so where are you with God? That's the question that the Lord put in my heart and that I had to answer because I've had times in my life in my walk with God. And you know, I love the Lord. I I don't think at this point in my life, I would not believe God or believe in him. But there are times that you get discouraged that we sin because we're sinners. But when the Holy Spirit prompts you and you know that you did something against the heart of God, you have to repent and you just address it and move on. And you're good, you know? And it's that process of sanctification by the Spirit. Exactly. And so if we obey the prompting of the Holy Spirit, it's not that complicated. We don't have to make it complicated. So back to our question for today. And this is what's interesting about this question. This is the very first question we see recorded in Scripture that God God asked humanity. If you look in Genesis chapter 3 on verse 8, after Adam and Eve had sinned, it says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Again, here's where sin entered the world and shame came with it. No longer were just open to come and be in communion with God because they were ashamed of what they had done. And God didn't come down and say, okay, I know what you did, which he did. He still wanted intimacy. He still wanted that relationship. And so he showed up to their daily walk. He still showed up and he said, where are you? He didn't say, I know you sinned. He said, where are you? I love that. That's good. If you have a relationship with God, you've had a relationship with God. Maybe you grew up in church and you just, for some reason, have gotten discouraged. Maybe you've been questioning the goodness of God and doubting his love for you. Maybe you're discouraged because your life is not what you thought it would be. Maybe you're angry at God because he allowed suffering to interrupt your happy life. Maybe you're living in sin right now and you just, you've given up because you just don't know how to stop this pattern of sin in your life. Well, and sometimes right there, the devil can get a hold of your mind and tell you, you know, you know what, you've gone so far, he won't even forgive you again and you've ruined your testimony. I mean, doesn't he do that? He does that. He (laughs) loves to because he's an accuser. Exactly. The Bible talks about how Jesus is our defender and our advocate. On one side, you have the accuser, the devil, and then on the other side, you have Jesus defending us, not only being the perfect sacrifice, not only being the high priest 
that goes before God on our behalf. Not only being that, but also interceding for us so that we can have victory in him. The other thing where a person could be that's listening, maybe you're indifferent because you've been good and you've done good deeds and you know you expected God to bless you and to use you for your goodness and nothing's happened. And so you're discouraged. So today we're going to answer and move on from where you are with God so that you can search your heart and then move forward to where he wants you to be. That's the journey we're taking today in the tour of truth. You have an exercise for us before we wrap up. So if you're listening, hold tight to the end because Karina's got some really good, useful information, the tool to help you take those steps. Exactly, Krista. We actually talked about this yesterday. I went to a conference, a women's conference, and I've been to many because I love women's conferences. And what set this one apart was after each session, the speaker would invite us to just take time and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal what we needed to confess so that we could repent and move on, you know, and so that we could receive freedom from that. And that's the wonderful thing about repentance. You can move on. He doesn't remember it anymore. It's gone. Amen. Yes. Amen. I'm going to have five little points. First, we're going to return to God. When you return to God, you have to come with an attitude of humility. And at the same time, you can come as you are. You don't have to clean yourself up to come to God because that's why you're coming. He's going to do the cleansing. He's going to do the washing. And that's what Jesus did on the cross. I mean, he already paid for your sin. So just come as you are. And I'm going to read Isaiah 55 verse 6 and 7 it says seek the lord while he may be found call on him while he is near let the wicked forsake his way and the evil men his thoughts let him turn to the lord and he will have mercy on him and to our god for he will freely pardon so there's our promise god is merciful And he's going to pardon. And I love the example of um, David in the Bible because he is known as a man after God's own heart. Yet he sinned in, you know, what we would call huge ways. He committed adultery. He had somebody murdered. All these things. And so after this had happened, he wrote Psalm 51. An amazing psalm. I love this psalm. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. Save me from blood guilt, O God, the God who saves me, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I will bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, and a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. So this is why we can come as we are, because he's not going to reject your broken spirit. He's not going to reject your contrite heart. He's not going to despise it. And that's beautiful because, let's just remind people, I know you already set it up. This was David, who we know had the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us. 
that that occurred. After that happened, he murdered someone and he committed adultery. Mm -hmm. And then he has that confession from his heart, a heart full of repentance and also full of the knowledge of the mercy and the goodness of God. Yes. Yes, and that's why he knew he could come to God right? with his sin, with his heart. And so first we return to God, and then we have to repent of our sin. And that's what we see the example of David. And the and thing then, I want to throw in there with repentance, because mm-hmm. I, I just feel like this is important to clarify for those listening. You know, repentance is not just being sorry for something. Repentance means you turn around completely. You stop what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You will not go there again. Mm-hmm. It's yes. laying it down. We are laying it down. You're changing direction. It's like you're going one way and you completely turn around. After you repent of your sin, then restoration comes. And that's because of God. Because God is the one that restores us. Right. And he can redeem our sin. What happened with David and his story, after he sinned with Bathsheba, their first son or daughter passed away. And he prayed and he cried out to God. God did not answer that prayer. It was a consequence of sin. It was right. a consequence. And we see that in his life, there were so many consequences that happened and came because of his sin. One of the things that David wanted to do for God was build the temple. And God just had him gather all the materials. But his son Solomon was the one that got to do that assignment that David really wanted to do. God told him, you know, you have so much bloodshed in your hands. There was so much David had done that God did not want to involve him. So with the even temple. though there's consequences for our sin, and God may not remove the consequences because those, you know, that's we yes. reap what we sow. That's a reality. But God will restore us spiritually. Yes, and he redeems it. So right. after that son died, he had Solomon. We know him as the wisest man that ever lived. God used him. And so God redeemed that, that relationship with Bathsheba. But moving on, let God restore you. And I love verse 12 and 14. This is what he's asking God to do. He says, restore me the the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Save me from the blood guilt, O God, the God who saves me, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. So after we return to God, after we repent, there's restoration. And then from that, we get to rejoice, which is number four. Right. We rejoice. I've just brought to mind a scripture that's actually also in the New Testament in 1 Corinthians 13, and it says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. We are glad whenever we are weak, but you are strong. And our prayer is that you may be fully restored. This is why I write these things when I'm absent. And this is Paul speaking. So when he wasn't with those in the church, he's writing to them and he says, And when I come, I may not have to be harsh in my use of authority, the authority the Lord gave me for building you up, not tearing you down. Amen. It was about the restoration. After God restores you and forgives you and you feel his presence in your life again, and you're starting to get back on track with God and you're opening his word again and you're talking to him all the time, then joy comes. You know, you can rejoice. It says in verse 13, then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. And then verse 15, it says, oh Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. So praise comes out. You rejoice in the Lord again. There's freedom in your life. You have victory. You know who you are in Christ, that you are forgiven, 
that you have his love, that you have his mercy, that he is good. You're able to come back to that. And then the next thing is, you know, to stay in that rejoicing is you have to remain in Christ. You have to be connected to the vine so that you can bear fruit. Jesus is the vine and we are his branches. And unless we abide in him, unless we remain in him, we will not bear fruit. And he wants us to bear fruit. You know, he could have just saved us and taken us, but he left us here on earth to do the works that he created for us to do. It talks about in Ephesians. Before the foundation of the world, he had already destined for each of us to do works for his kingdom, for his glory. Right, and so many people get caught up on that, thinking there's nothing to do, but one of the last things he told the disciples, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to do all that I have commanded you. We have been instructed to go and do good things. To wrap up this whole story of David, I wanna encourage you, God is approachable. The reason David knew he can approach God was because he even said it in Psalm 51.1, because of your mercy, because God is merciful, because of his unfailing love and because of his great compassion. I mean, David said it's not even just compassion. God has great compassion for us. And then he asked God, and we can ask God to do this for us, okay? So as we're examining where we are, where are you with God? When I examine my heart, I'm going to ask God to do what David asked God to do. And we can ask him to blot out our transgressions. We can ask him to wash away all the iniquity that we have. We can ask him to cleanse us from our sin. We can ask him to create in us a pure heart. We can ask him to renew a steadfast spirit within us because this means that you know sometimes you fall away from having a steadfast spirit with God so he's asking to renew it so we can ask God to renew it it's just our nature the Bible tells us that the flesh is always warring against the spirit it's our sinful nature which is why we have to abide in him right yes that we need that daily walk with the Lord to Mm -hmm. strengthen us and equip us to be in his word we need to feed ourselves from the word so that we are equipped for everyday living yes for every day God's word is so practical. And then here he said, you know, he asked God to restore the joy of his salvation. You know, we can ask God, you know, if you've lost your joy, you can ask God to restore it. I have personally experienced that. I've had a time in my life that I wandered away. In that time, I truly did hear the enemy telling me that I had hurt my testimony. And and I hadn't wandered away with anything that was some public, huge, anybody would notice a sin. But I had wandered away in my heart without even knowing. Just doing the things that pleased me, the devil definition of idolatry. I think it's really interesting because often when we see in the Bible, it says, don't have idols before me. We think of an image or something that's made by the hands of man. And it can be that. But this is interesting because Colossians 3, 5 says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. And I think that's really interesting. You know, for me, I just kind of fell into the pleasures of life. And along those lines of idolatry, there's another scripture in 1 Corinthians. And in this scripture, in chapter 10, it's talking about some of the stories that we read from the Old Testament, and it's showing us that those were given to us and written down to be examples to us. So it's now being put into the New Testament and telling us specifically that these things took place as an example that we might not desire evil as they did. And it says, do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. That's interesting to me because that's what it says is written, that the people sat down to eat and drink and then rose up to play. 
clay, and he called that idolatry. So we have to look at that and realize that that was an example to us. Because to we see. can we can decide to just live for ourselves. Exactly. We can decide to um, living for the pleasures to of seek this life. pleasure. Yes. yes, and it talks about that in the end times, people will be lovers of themselves seeking and pleasure. seeking pleasure. Yes, and so that can become a huge idol. Yes, and that's where I was, and so that's what I wanted to say is I had fallen into that place. I was discouraged. My heart still loved God. I, you know, I still loved him. I professed that I loved him, but my actions were not showing Mm -hmm. that. God gently pulled me back by his spirit. He gently brought me back into his word. And then as I stayed with him, as I sought the Lord with all of my heart, because that's what I ended up doing. He restored me fully, restored me fully. And and my joy, totally, total restoration of that joy. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. And that's the point is that just being in the presence of the Lord, you know, that he sustains us, which is why he says he'll give us that peace that passes all understanding because it's the joy that he puts in our heart that despite our circumstances, despite what's happening in life, because we know there are going to be hard times, you know, that joy will sustain us. When you were sharing that, how God restored the joy and how you were seeking him and seeking his word, um, God brought me to this in the same passage that I read earlier in Isaiah 55, but this is verse 11. It says, so is my word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. I mean, peace comes when you're living with the Lord, walking with God, meeting with him in his presence. There's peace. And that's part of the key, I believe, is we have to seek first the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't just show up. You know, it really and doesn't. And that's why, that's why, you know, when I started today, return to God. Because right. God says that if you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. He has not moved. He has not changed. We're the ones that have moved away. Right. He has not moved. With Adam and Eve, like I read earlier, he showed up for their meeting. He showed up. They didn't want to show up because of the shame, because of the guilt, because of the sin. And so what do we do with that? We have to repent. And that's what we keep talking about. And then God will restore us. God will return that joy. We will be able to rejoice again. And then the last couple things that David asked in this psalm was that we ask God and we can ask God to grant us a willing spirit. Because that's the thing, you know, we can be willing and like you said before the flesh is weak but that we would have a willing spirit to actually listen to his guidance and actually obey it right because he's going to show us but then we will have the choice to obey and then he said sustain me and so we have to ask him you know sustain me here's the result here's what i love about what happened with david's life after he repented and returned to god he received the forgiveness he received the restoration the joy all of that but there was a purpose for that there's a purpose of why we seek to be restored with god too in verse 13 it says, then, then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. The reason we come back to God is so that we can lead others to come back to God. We're talking today because we have both had times. I've had quite a few times where I have drifted away in my heart. You know, I've had sin that it hasn't been outwardly, but my heart, my attitude, my ungratefulness, unforgiveness, all these different things, we could call them respectable sins because you don't see them. But 
but they're in there. It's amazing what God can do once we are washed clean. Then we can invite others. Mm-hmm. Like the Psalm 51, 13, verse 13 says, then we can teach others and we can encourage others to come back to God too. And the other thing that happened was David was able to get back into singing. I mean, singing to the Lord. I mean, I, I do not have a good voice for singing. <laughs> So when I sing, which I will not do on this show, it's a joyful noise. And, you know, that's all I can say. Because my mouth, he said, you know, in the psalm, my mouth will declare your praise. And we enter into his courts with thanksgiving, right? Yes. That's how we enter into the presence of the Lord. Yes. With praise. With praise. With praise. And, you know, if if you ever want to do this, any of you listening, I love doing this little exercise. But if you go through the psalms and you can notice that a lot of the psalms Psalms, over and over, it says that he cried out, that he cried out. The psalm can start off like kind of depressing, like all the things that he's going through or upset about or, you know, and complaining about. And then he remembers God's faithfulness. He turns his eye away from the circumstance and back to God, you know, and then he says, I will praise you. I will sing to you. I mean, there's so many Psalms. that It's like a work of the spirit happening as he's writing. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And I've had to do that in my life so many times. My situation might not change, but God will change my heart. And so I can accept my situation. I can rejoice in my situation. And I can give thanks. Like God says in Thessalonians talks about give thanks in all things because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So whatever you're walking through, whatever has happened that you have drifted away, one of the reasons I listed was suffering because I've gone through suffering myself. My first husband passed away. It's going to be 16 years this year. And I experienced God in in a way that I could not explain. Like He was so real to me and his presence was so thick in my house. That's another story for another day. Maybe we can talk about that another time. But what I was going to say, the peace of God was so thick. I grew so much in my faith during that time of trial and suffering. So today, when I look back, I can't say, oh, I'm so mad that God put me through that. I can say I'm so glad he did because I got to know him in such an amazing way. His word became alive to me. So I don't regret that. But I did have a choice when I was walking through that. I had a choice to run to God or to run away from him. Right. And so I chose to run to him and I just chose to hold on to him and let him carry me and let him comfort me and his word comforted me. I would sleep with his, with the Bible next to me. And whenever I would have strength to read, I would just open it. And God always used his word to speak to me. The next thing I want to do before we close is I want to do an exercise with you. This is something that the Holy Spirit, as I prayed for today of what he wanted us to do today in this conversation, what action step he wanted us to do. I'm going to invite you to the action step. And I would just like to say, if you're in your car right now, and this isn't a good time for you to do the exercise, you can pause the podcast and come back to it. Just don't forget to come back to it because I think this is well worth the time to go through it. Proceed, Karina. Action step. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So here's your action step. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to get your Bible. I want you to get your phone that you can use to look up a couple songs that you're going to listen to and also have a journal. 
journal. And if you don't have a journal, just get a white piece of paper and you're gonna draw a cross on it. So I'm going to invite you to go on a date with God. Go to a quiet place. I love going out in nature. Like I love going to Furman. I go and have dates with God there. If you live here in Greenville, South Carolina. When I lived in the beach, I loved going out to the beach. If you have a nice porch, if you have a cozy living room like Krista has with the fire <laughs> on and it's so inviting and nobody's in the house. Like I couldn't do that because I have four children. So there goes that. That's why I have to get away in nature. <laughs> you're going to go away with God and your heart, he's going to reveal so many things to you and you're going to receive freedom today. I've been praying for whoever's listening and I'm going to pray for you right now. And then we're going to start and I'm going to lead you into this exercise. And when it's time to pause, I'm going to say pause and you can go and do your homework. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to praise you today for being a merciful, a God of great compassion, a God who sees us, who wants us to come to him as we are, where we are, because you meet us where we are, but you don't want to leave us there. You want to take us to better places with you in an intimacy with you. I just pray right now that you will guide this time and that you would reveal what is in our hearts, reveal what needs to be confessed, what we need to repent of, Lord. If we have idols, things that we have put before you, Lord, help us to recognize those and then ask for forgiveness because your Holy Spirit brings conviction. The enemy wants us to stay in a place of captivity and you bring us freedom. If Jesus has set us free, we are free indeed. And today we want freedom. And I want freedom for my brothers and sisters that are listening. Return, repent, then he will restore. Then you will be able to rejoice and then you can remain in Jesus. So what you're going to do right now is you're going to pray and ask God to search your heart and you're going to write in this piece of paper or in your journal on that cross, you're going to leave all your sins. Just ask the Holy Spirit. It could be sins of actions. It can be sins of omission. You didn't mean to do these sins. It could be sins of your heart, of attitude, whatever sin that you need to confess, he's going to show it to you. That's what's amazing. When we quiet our hearts enough and we we quiet the noise, we can hear him speak. Now you can pause. How was that? Were you amazed of how many things, how many sins you had? <laughs> when I did this with my Bible study one time, I was so surprised. I filled out a whole sheet. I didn't know my heart was so bad, but it was. It needed a good cleanse. So Here's the beauty of God. James 1, 9 says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. So you are forgiven. As far as the east is from the west. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So I, as I prayed about what song I could have you listen to for this next part, I want you to go to YouTube and type Elevation Worship and put in O Come to the Altar. Listen to this song and take the time to praise the Lord for what he has done in forgiving you. And this is God's invitation that we can come to the altar of his grace and find grace and find freedom and find forgiveness. Just praise him. Pause. So I have another song for you. The next song is from Hillsong Worship. It's called Surrender. I want you to listen to this song. As you sing it, ask God, 
to help you let go of whatever it is that you're holding on to and not surrendering over to God. Because whatever battles we have, he wants to fight them for us. And when we bring something to the altar, we're supposed to leave it there. And I just bring it to God and then take it back up when we leave. He wants us to just surrender and and raise that white flag in your heart and just say, God, I just want to give you my life. I want to give you my problems. I want to give you my family. Whatever it is that you're holding on to, surrender it to God. And maybe you're listening and you have noticed that you have never really given your heart to Jesus. And you've never asked him to be the Lord of your life. He died for you. He rose again after three days. He took your sin. Redemption is found in Christ. And redemption means forgiveness of sins. Here's a question for you. Is Jesus part of your life or is Jesus your life? I was asked that question in a conference once and I had to really think about that because if Jesus is my life, if Jesus is your life, then that's going to determine how you use your time, how you use your talents, how you use your gifts. That really becomes the compass of how you decide where to go and what to do if he is your life. So if he's not your life, this is the perfect time and the perfect opportunity to surrender your life to him. Pause. So one last thing, I know this is a very long homework and you probably could have taken two hours doing this, but (laughs) it's well worth it. It's well worth it. So here's the last thing I'm going to ask you to do. And this is something I did a couple years ago at the retreat that we had at our church. Uh, We love going to the Cove. I had just listened to Dr. Leaf that week. Um, If you haven't heard her, you can YouTube her. She's a Christian neuroscientist. So it's pretty powerful what she teaches you about the mind and how, you know, the Bible talks about to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And for that to happen, you have to recognize what lies you've been believing so that then God can speak truth over those lies. And so I'm going to ask you, I promise this is the last thing you're going to have to do for today, unless God leads you to do other things. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal if there's any lies that the enemy has planted in your mind, things that you've been believing that are not truth. List those lies in your journal, and then you're going to ask God to lead you in a tour of truth and ask him to show you in his word truth so that you can replace those lies with truth. And the truth, the absolute truth is only found in God's word. So that's where I'm going to encourage you to go. This journey might take you a while. So it's going to be exciting. You're on a quest with God. And the thing about the Bible, some people get intimidated by the Bible. They, you know, they think, oh, I don't understand. The Holy Spirit will give you understanding. Amen. Oftentimes, the reason we don't understand is because we really aren't seeking. He tells us also that you don't need a man to teach you. Like, we don't need to get on YouTube or find books. And those are resources, and the Lord will use those things. But He tells us in His Word that He will also teach us by His Spirit. If we will ask Him, He says, he who lacks wisdom to ask him and he will give it to you liberally. He won't hold that back. Amen. Yes. He is able to do above and beyond all we could ask or imagine. One of my favorite life verses is Jeremiah 33.3. Not Jeremiah 29.11. I know what you're thinking. I said Jeremiah. You're thinking 29.11. I love that one too. But this one 33.3 says, Call unto me and I will show you great and mighty things you do not know. 
So I love that verse. You can call on to him. He's going to take you on this journey of truth. And I want to encourage you as we close, you know, you can declare by faith, God, you are who you say you are. God, you can do what you say you can do. God, I am who you say I am. God, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And God, your word is alive and active in me. Do your work in me. And brothers and sisters, God promised that he that started the good work, he called it good, you're a good work. The good work in us will perform it till the end. He will keep working in in our hearts, in our lives. He is always at work. Even when you don't feel him, even when you don't see his hand, he is always working behind the scenes. He is always working. So be encouraged today. We serve the God of the universe, the creator of all things. He is our God, the God of Abraham, Jacob, Isaac, Joseph, Moses, all these amazing people of the Bible that were not perfect, but they served a perfect, loving, unfailing God. You have been such a blessing today, and the Lord has used you in a mighty way, I have no doubt. It is my prayer as well, and I stand in agreement with you that those that are listening, that their hearts would be opened to the word of God and that he would do all that he intends with his word because we know that it will not return void. So thank you for joining today and thank all of you for listening. Thank you so much. I have loved this. I was so nervous (laughs) and prayed and prayed and I just love doing it. I come alive when I'm sharing about God's word. I I think this is my favorite thing to do. Well, we're going to continue doing it because I would love to have you back again and again. Oh, I would love um, to. If you all would like to hear another podcast or listen to a previous one, you can find us at tourofTruth.com. You can also find us on Facebook and we'll look forward to chatting with you again soon. Thank you.